Shalom Aleichem, everybody, hello, welcome back. It's Wednesday evening, it's it's 8.35. To be honest, I just came in from Mincha, so Mincha took a little longer, or it started a little later. And um, I'm keeping my word. The Israeli audience is either being Moise Nefesh or in the middle of the night, so they'll get this tomorrow. And for those of you who joined us this afternoon from wherever you are and you're joining us for the second part of this Maimed, I thank you very much. Um, that means when you have an opportunity to give something to somebody else, the giver gains twofold that the recipient is gaining. And I absolutely feel that way. So here I am, with the incredible opportunity to teach Chassidus. This is my my life, my Panasa Ruchnis, and my Panasa Gashmis. So I thank you for allowing me to do what I want to do, what I need to do. Uh, this is the second part of a Maimir. So to set it up quickly. By the way, I just want to make it say it at the outset, there's going to be a third shear on this Maimir, which means that tonight's class is going to be not that long. And there will be class sometime tomorrow afternoon, which will be probably even shorter. I just decided not to crunch. I'd rather give myself the space to teach this Maimed uh, with more richness. So instead of it being two classes, it's going to be three. The Maimed, will, we learn Maimodim of the Rebbe. That's what we do. A great schos. Every Friday, we learn Maimed from the Rebbe. This year, we'll learn Maimodim of Tafshin Lamedzai, 1977. Um, this Friday, I'm going away for Shabbos, so I'm not sure if I'll get a chance to s sneak in the Maimed before I go. But if I were to do so, the class will have to be early. Instead of being at 11 o'clock, it'll probably be at 10 o'clock or something like that. It'll be earlier than normal. I'm not sure yet whether I'm going to do it. Otherwise, I'll just do the class that I would have given Friday, Wednesday next. But uh, this all remains to be seen. Um, this is so we learn Mamanam Allah Seder, the Rebbe's Mamanam backwards, year by year by year. This year from Yitzchak Kislev approximately, this year to Kislev of Mitzvah Hashem. This coming year we're learning Mamanam of Tafshin Lamedzai 1976-77. And Asher what, what can you say? We learned the Rebbe's Torah, we learned the Rebbe's Mamanam, and we try our best to learn them in one class or maximum two. So it's concentrated on the one hand, but on the other hand, hopefully we bring out what my mother is saying in a way that's comprehensive. You walk away not just learning chassidus, but knowing what the Maim is about. That's what I try to do. But uh, first of all, we have extra weeks. Sometimes we don't have a Maimir. And I also have debts. I have debts because I started learning with the women going backwards and I started learning with the Barham going forwards. And every single Maimir from Tafshin Yudalaf is up on InsatChasidus.org from Tafshnud Beis until today we were missing two and after today or tomorrow we'll be missing one Im Yirza Hashem so last week Wednesday we did the Shlach Maimed from Yud Beis which is 59 years ago the Maimed of Lovinyan uh, Hanesachim and this we're doing the Yud Beis Tamas Maimed there's actually two Yud Beis Tamas Maimed from Yud Beis the other one is the same as the Maimir from Yiraf, years ago. So we're doing this week the Maimir Mimana Afayanke of Mispasrevi Yisrael. And we're doing it, like I said, in three increments, and we're doing it inside out, as we frequently do. This morning was a long class, it was over an hour and ten minutes. And the Maimir was about three levels in Avadis Hashem, as per a Maimir of the Alter Rebbe in Lukuteteira in Shirashirim, that there's three levels of Avedis Hashem. One is called Amida, standing still. One is called Hiluch, one is being in motion. And the third is called Diluch, leaping. And Lineda, tonight that class for sure is going to go up online. And I'm going to send it out. And maybe even this class takes a little while to do video and to edit and to put up. But hopefully, even this class will be able to be available tonight. If not tonight, Lineda tomorrow. What did we learn this afternoon? That there's three levels of serving Hashem. One level of serving Hashem is I have a certain path, a certain way of serving Hashem, and I maintain it. I grow, 
You always grow. The sign of life is growth. But the growth is in my world. The way I've defined me, Avedis Hashem, remains constant. The example for that would be a person who has one area of expertise in knowledge or in vocation, who gets better and better at that area. So he's obviously getting better and he's growing. But he's not stepping outside of his basic parameter. Or as the Rebbe said it, when you know the first thing in that umdas, in that field, you're already connected to all the knowledge within that field, and indirectly you already have that knowledge, or backwards, the knowledge which you don't yet have includes the knowledge you have already, and as a result, it's not really growth. The second is called hiluch, being in motion, which would be a person who's in one area of knowledge going over to another area of knowledge, or in one vocation going over to another. We have to break a pattern, and that's very difficult to do. Why do you break that pattern? Because it makes sense. Your old system of logic, your old profession tells you it makes sense to break out of it. The Rebbe called it Yidiyas Ashlila. It's an interesting use of the word Yidiyas Ashlila, but that's what the Rebbe called it. Where you, your understanding in your place of comfort dictates that you should exceed it, that you should go past that place of comfort. So on the one hand, it's outside of your comfort zone. On the other hand, it's being motivated by the comfort zone. And the way the Rebbe tried to present it was this. When I grow in one body of knowledge, it's literally cumulative. It's like a brick on top of a brick. Each second other aspect of knowledge. And in Avodah Hashem, each aspect of personal betterment in that particular path of Avodah Hashem is collected one on top of the other. On the other hand, when I'm going out of my earlier system of knowledge and I'm applying myself to a new system of knowledge, when I'm going out of one derech and Avodah Hashem and I'm engaging in a different derech and Avodah Hashem, Here I have to break the old. But I'm not breaking the old because I hate it. I'm not breaking the old because I think it's bad. I break the old because it's holding me back. It's inhibiting me. So although I'm breaking the old to establish the new, the new is really based on the old. So it's progress. It's considered being in motion, moving from world to world. Um, but indirectly, it's still connected to the world I came from before. There's one exception to that rule. If I'm going out of one situation to go into another, and the new situation is so far removed from the old situation that I hate the old situation. I see it as negative, as evil. Like tshuva. A person doesn't have Eda. Tshuva is not just improvement. It's, the Rebbe calls it Mahus Chodesh. It's a brand new person. Because it has zero relatedness to the earlier person. It has zero relatedness to what came before it. Because you're not only exceeding it, you're actually defying it. You're going against it. And this is called this is called the jump. Now the Rebbe didn't say all this in the class, but I talked into the class the idea that's brought in Hasidus that Mashiach is going to teach tzaddikim how to do tshuva. The Zoyer says Mashiach is going to teach tzaddikim how to do tshuva. And of course, the point is until Mashiach comes, a tzaddik cannot do tshuva because tshuva is an emotion that is based on going away from something bad. You cannot do tshuva and go to something good. You have to go away from something bad. Sadiqim are not going away from bad, they're going only to good. And in as much as Sadiqim are not going away from bad, they're going only to good, in the world of Sadiqim, the concept of Tshuva is non-existent. Because Tshuva would mean to a Tzaddik to look at his righteousness and hate it. Not say, I want to be better. Say, it's bad, it's evil. And Mashiach also. You have the Mashiach is going to introduce to Tzadikim the kind of a paradigm of Avedis Hashem that's going to allow them to look at their former life and say it's Ra. And like I mentioned to in the previous class, this the Rebbe discussed in the Maimorim of Pesach and Shmini Yishabas Mavarchem Iyar, Tovshin Yudalf, the very first Pesach and the first Shabbos Mavarchem after Pesach of the Rebbe's Nesiyas, the Rebbe spoke to this Nekudah, which is desired based on the Ayin Beis in the third Chalik, if I'm not mistaken. Which is based on the middle Rebbe's Maimon Kuntresim, based on this Maimon Hazoyhar Lahovin Mashakosu Mashiach Asa Lasovat Sadikai Bet Yufta. And he talks about the concept of darkness versus darkness, which is a Mitzias Bifnayatsme, as opposed to darkness, which is simply a lack of light, and so on. Anyway, I digress. Getting back to our Maimon. In our Maimon, the Rebbe says that the third level of Dilu is me doing Chuvah. So I could be serving Hashem in the holiest of ways. If my progress 
is predicated on an attitude that where I was before is bad and I'm going to good. The projection, the thrust forward, this is called the jump. It's not just called moving, it's called leaping. There's no erech, there's no measurability, there's no comparable, there's no proximity whatsoever between the old and the new at all. And that's the Madrega of Diluch. So there's Amida, Hiluch, Diluch. This was the class. And of course the Rebbe pointed out that the Exodus, Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, needed to be Diluch. It couldn't be Amida, it couldn't be Hiluch. We had to go out of Egypt in a way where we hated our old selves to become a brand new self because that's the idea of freedom, emancipation, and as the Rebbe mentioned in the Maimed, it's the beginning, it's the foundation of all Exodus. All Gu'ullah is predicated on Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Now we're reading, reading the second ring of the Maimed. We did the heart, the center. Now we're going to read the second ring. And Amit Hashem, tomorrow we'll do the outermost ring. What's tonight's class about? Tonight's class is about Betachen. Betachen. Now, let's put it into a historic context. The Rebbe, the Rebbe's Rebbe, is the Rebbe. You don't need me to tell you that. And the Rebbe's biggest passion is the Torah, and my modem and the Sikhs and the letters of the Friedrich Rebbe, naturally. In 1952, the Rebbe published for the first time the Maimah Minna Meitzar, which the Rebbe Rayatz said and then later wrote while in prison on Shabbos Beis Tammuz, the day before Gimel Tammuz when he would depart for his Ir Miklat Kastrama in Jail, the Rebbe said the Maimah Menamit and then later on he wrote it down and the Rebbe published it in 1952. So this is a Yerbez Tammuz, 1952. So obviously the Rebbe was going to reference the Maimah that literally had been issued a week before or three days before or eight days before and Kochach in the Maimah that he just published. But very little of the Maimah in Kamos deals with the Inyan of Menamit and Merchavka. And the way I understand this is going to be Mr. Shem, our third class. And of course, the argument is going to be that just like Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim needed to be delog, it's the only way it can happen. So also is a circumstance of difficulty which creates a hate to the old condition and therefore creates a delog going into the new conditions. And that's how the Onan Ben happens. So the Fidik Rebbe is sitting in jail. And he's saying that because of the difficulty, I mean, the redemption, the good which is going to follow, has to be equal and opposite in extreme, in terms of goodness. That's where, This is where the Maimed is headed. So the Friedrich of his Maimed, which is five pages without notes, with notes it's probably eight pages. This Maimed is a little longer, it's 11 pages, five pages without any Marabakoymis and Ha'odis. He starts by Mina Meitzer, and then in the middle of the first page, he, t- he turns to Bitcho Ba'ashem Adayat, you have to trust Hashem Adei Ad until the level which is called until, until, Adei, until, Ad, until. Kibaka Hashem Tzorilabim, um, because the Abish that creates the world from Madrega of Ka, which the way I understand it is higher than Avaya Tzorilabim. That's how we understand the puzzle. So the Fidik ever brings this, and he talks about Betachen, and he connects Betachen to the Minameitza, that just like Minameitza, it's because of the darkness you have done, and by Merachavya. So the same is also true. That the betochen should be adayat ki Hashem Now I, I will be direct with you. It's the summer, so I have a little more time, and this is my life. Came to teach chesedus. So the Rebbe's Maimir, which is based on the Friedrich Rebbe's Maimir, is based on a Maimir from Tzemach Tzedek, which is based on a Maimir from the Middle Rebbe, which is based on a Maimir from the Alter Rebbe. The Tzemach Tzedek's Maimorim, there's two of them, a longer and a short one. I learned entirely in their entirety the other day in 770. The middle of his mind I looked at now and he says the same thing as the Tzemach Tzedek. The Altar of I didn't look at. The big chap of the Maimorim is that the word betochen is in the word toch. The toch in of merois which means to smear, which means to connect. Just like you put on a, a epoxy or a plaster to to smooth everything over and make it one the shayr the betochen is toch which means to become one with Hashem and the root of the trust the root of the betochen is becoming one with HaKadosh Baruch that's how the Maimonim go but I have to be honest the Rebbe is basing his Maimonim and he's pushed saying the opposite of what they're saying it doesn't bother me it's to me fakert it's very exciting that we're learning a Maimonim that officially has sources in early Rabbeim and it's really the Rebbe's original they were just building this Maimonim up he created it 
the piece we learned this afternoon is one piece on the Kutta Teireh. We're learning tonight that Rebbe Baklal created it. Tzamech Tzedek in the middle of Rebbe say more or less the opposite of this. And the Rebbe reconstructs it to create the direction and the theme and the scheme that he wishes to present. And Baklal, it's a beautiful Maimed. And the fact that it seems that it's not a Maimed that the Rebbe is simply repeating from earlier Rebbe, but that the Rebbe is saying it. The Rebbe's Maimed. It makes it especially meaningful, especially exciting to learn and to teach. So let's talk about Betochen. That's our topic. Let's talk about Betochen. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a discussion on Betochen, and then we're going to learn the Maimed. Okay, we all know what Betochen is. The Shalomot Rabashkin is no longer a person. He's an entity, right? Allah Beis Gimel, Emuna, Betochen, Geula. That's it. Emuna, Betochen, Geula. Right? The person trusts in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's redeemed. To him, it's not a philosophical idea. It's a fact of life. It's a it's his life. It's his story of his existence. And now, of course, he's inspiring so many yidin. Allah Beis Gimel, Emuna, Betochen, Geula. What is Betochen? Betochen means I trust. That's what it means. I trust you. right? And of course, you know there's a very big difference between the Hebrew word Emunah and the Hebrew word Betochen. Emunah means I believe you're around. Betochen means I trust that you're going to do good. In other words, Emunah is like a cosmic background. Emunah is a perpetual condition. It's a chronic state. I live in Hashem's world. That's Emunah. Talking about that trust you're going to take care of me in this situation, in this situation, in that situation. That's the basic difference between Amunah and Betoch. In other words, Amunah is a relationship with God. Betochen is almost a discussion, a negotiation with God. I like to say that Betochen is like prayer. A person can pray for help, a person gives a docker for help, and a person can trust for help. It's a technique. Trusting God is a clea for the Ebishtas Bracha, right? That Samach Tzedek uses the words Trach good, Vetzain good, thinking good creates good. Trusting God creates good. And the Cheves Halvovis, the Rishonim already speak about this idea that the Bitochen itself, the trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu is what changes Teva, etc., etc., etc. Okay, so that's what Bitochen means, trust. So let's speak plain English here. Yeah? Let's make believe we're Pashtayidin sitting in a coffee shop and having a conversation about I don't care what and the person across the table from you says to you Moshe, Mashe, trust me, <laughs> trust me sometimes trust me I'm giving you the facts correctly trust me that I'll take care of you trust me that if you give me your money I'm not going to waste it and I'm not going to steal it and I'm not going to abuse it I'm going to use it in your best interest someone says you trust me what's the answer to that question why should I trust you trust is something that has to be earned and the Chavis Alvavis, and I have classes of, on this on my website in the Betochen section. The Chavis Alvavis talks about trust. And he lists, if I'm not mistaken, nine Madregas in trust. I think nine, maybe eleven. Nine Madregas in trust. What's the first level of trust? A baby trusts his mother's mammary gland, his mother's breast, that she's going to provide him with milk. This is not very sophisticated, it's not very deep, and it's not very courageous, right? On the one hand, the baby is totally vulnerable. The baby cannot tear it itself. The baby doesn't even understand how dangerous and precarious his condition is. The baby does not have a concept of how much he or she needs others to look after her or him, or otherwise she's, he can't live. So she trusts the most immediate thing, her mother's breast, his mother's breast. This is what she lives on, what he lives on. So it's trusting... A nurturing mother who's providing literally physical nourishment nothing more than that and they find comfort in that it makes them feel safe how intelligent is that trust not very intelligent at all how courageous is that trust not at all the child doesn't even know that if the mother decides not to nurse they're in trouble on the one hand on the other hand the child doesn't appreciate the cost of the production of that milk and the you know the whole process of lactation and infection those people who know what nursing is know that it's not so simple so that trust on the one hand isn't very sophisticated on the other hand it's not very courageous then the king gets a little old he trusts his father why does he trust his father because he sees that his mother trusts his father trusting his father is a little more sophisticated because his father's not nursing him his father may pick him up and play with him his father may put him to sleep or wash him but his father is certainly not as close to him as his mother is 
And learning to trust the father is more sophisticated and it's a little bit more courageous because by this point, the child already understands that not everybody's the same. My mother is special. I have only one mother. All other people, they may compete to be my mother, but they aren't my mother. They don't have the same dedication. They don't have the same sacrifice. And then there's this man who's my father. He doesn't fully understand the concept of a father yet either, but the trust is more involved, right? And that's how life goes. Then a kid goes to school and trusts his teacher. This is more sophisticated and more courageous. Sophisticated means the child has to work out why to trust the teacher because it's not as close as a mother who's nursing him or as a father who's lifting him up. And it's more courageous because more could go wrong and he has to have greater courage to trust, right? And of course, the psychologist would say a person who's been severely abused can't trust his teacher. Some people can't even trust their father. Some people can't even trust their mother. The more broken a human being is, the less capable of trust they are because trust is predicated on courage. Courage comes from strength. Strength has to do with character. And if a person's character has been broken, their trust has been broken. And then, of course, there's another level of trust. You trust the person who gives you your first job. That he's going to pay you. That he's going to be honest with you. Be honorable with you. You trust the person with whom you invest your money. These are different levels of trust, right? And of course, the highest level of the trust are the most sophisticated. In other words, you have to use the most brain power to recognize that it's worthwhile trusting, and they require the most courage. They're the most difficult. So the last levels of trust are our relationship with God—a God that we cannot see, we cannot hear, we cannot feel, we cannot smell, we cannot taste. We can try and understand them, and we'll never fully understand them. We have a little bit of a concept of what Atzmusim Hus Ein Sav Baruch God Almighty is, and we trust Him. How much do we trust Him? So there's a number of different levels of trusting Him. Number one, I'm going to make a vessel in nature to provide myself a parnasa. I'm going to make a vessel in nature to keep myself safe. I'll make a vessel in nature to uh, provide for my family. And I'm going to trust that He's going to make it all work out. And then there are times that are not normal and I'm taking greater risks. So here I have to be more sophisticated in my trust and more courageous in my trust. And the highest level of Atachan is when my situation is absolutely dire. I'm totally vulnerable. I'm completely um, dependent upon him for his grace, for his kindness, for his love, for his generosity. I have no way to help myself. I'm totally at his mercy. Like, you know, the expression is a person is drowning in a sea and they look up and they see a straw and they reach for it. That's not yet the highest level of a Trust, I'm trusting HaKadosh Baruch Hu when I have absolutely nothing personal to hold on to. So that trust requires an enormous amount of sophistication. It requires understanding that Hashem is a perfect master over the world and if Hashem wants, He can do whatever He wishes and there's absolutely no containment. And if nature says this is impossible, the Abish says it is possible and the trusting person trusts. So the sophistication is great and the courage is virtually infinite. And this last level of trust is what the Rebbe calls Think good, the famous It is the trust of the person that creates the vessel for the bracha. The more I trust, the more Hashem can, bracha can rest. Because the story goes that there was a chassid whose child was dying and he came to the Tzemach Tzedek and the Tzemach Tzedek didn't give him a bracha, the Tzemach Tzedek didn't do magic, the Tzemach Tzedek told him good, good, and his son recovered, which is proof that he must have trachted good. To watch a child die and to trust that it's going to be good, you have to be the crazy or very trusting. Like I said, the trust is very sophisticated and the courage is very great. So here's a Maimir that's going to speak about three levels of trust in our relationship with Hashem. Now, I'm not sure how these three levels of trust are going to tie into the Chayvah Salavavah's nine levels of trust. The last few are about trusting Hashem. The first few are trusting your parents and then trusting your teachers and trusting your employers and trusting your doctor and trusting your community. So I don't know how what we're going to be learning inside aligns itself trust for trust with the Chayvah Salavavah. And it doesn't matter that much to us. What matters to us is that Rebbe is going to analyze the idea of Hashem, if to trust God. There's a lower level of trust, which is less sophisticated and requires less courage. That's more sophisticated and requires more courage. And that's even more sophisticated and requires maximum courage. And as I said to you before, what's ironic about this, what I find so fascinating, is that if you look up the Maimodim that are pres supposedly, presumably, allegedly, the source of this Maimed that Abayim that the Rebbe is sourced on said exactly the opposite. 
And I find that fascinating. And by the way, this is not the exception to the rule. There's so many in my modern where this phenomena plays out. It's just wonderful to watch. So we're going to learn the Rebbe's Maimer. And I want to approach it from the Chayvah Salvavah's angle. And the Chayvah Salvavah's angle is there's different levels of sophistication in trust. Every, the more sophisticated a trust is, the more courage that trust requires. A more sophisticated trust, which means I have to think more why I should trust, means I have to have a lot more guts to be able to trust. To trust, you have to be courageous. Just like when a, your doctor says, trust me, and you lay back in bed and let him do what he has to, and you don't worry. If you were a, an apprehensive person, if you were a person who's been wronged, you'd have a much harder time doing that than if you were a healthy person. There's something really courageous about trusting another person, even just to a basic medical procedure. Trust me. When you invest money, even if it's not a lot of money, in a stock or with a business, and you're, you're the person who's investing just says, trust me, and you trust him, there's a lot of courage in that. So the more sophisticated the trust, the more profound the courage. The highest level of trust is when I'm trusting Hashem when there's no way in Teva He can help me. And that's maximally sophisticated because that means I have to appreciate that He can do whatever He wants. And it's maximally courageous. It's not maximally crazy. It's that too, but it's maximally courageous. It takes enormous courage. It takes enormous courage to believe that the Abishta can do whatever He wants and He's going to do for me good. So we're going to learn a Maimir. The Maimir begins, That when you're in the maximum difficult situation, you cry out from a level which is called Diluk, like Tshuva. And therefore the Abishad response comes from the highest levels. In order to understand this, the previous Rebbe goes off to discuss which is based on Hezoyar. Now, if you look in the previous Rebbe's Maimon, he doesn't have three levels. I think he has only two. The Tzemachtzedek has three. The middle Rebbe seems to... I didn't learn the middle Rebbe till the end, but from what I saw, he also only has two. But what the Rebbe does here is streamline it, and explain it. and It's really the Rebbe's original. So we're going to go to the very first page of the Maimon, which the Maimon, which was, by the way, sent out this morning on WhatsApp. And now on my website, if you go to where the, the new Maimon is, the, the class is not up yet because I haven't had a chance to finish uploading the video and the audio but the PDF is there and you can follow so we start on the very very first page by the number 15 okay and we're going to learn this ring the piece of Betachen which surrounds before it and after it and tomorrow I'll let you know what time tomorrow we're going to do a third shear which I expect also to be quite short on the Mimona part of the Maimir and the Minamitsa part of this Maimir. And the free Rebbe was sitting in jail in Spalerke when he said and then later wrote the Postuk Minamitsa Krasikoha and he explains it based on the Maimir Chazal, Bitru, Bebir, Mashakos of explaining what's written. Bitru, by the Shem the Yad, the person has to trust Hakadish Baruch Hu until, until, a day ad, till the end of ends, as I translated. Ad means an end. A day ad until the end of end. Why should you trust him so much? Because the letters Yudke, which are lie higher than Havayet Soreilamim, is the source of my trust. I'm trusting us because Kibaka Havayet Soreilamim, there's a Yudke which is higher than Havayet Soreilamim. Now, the way I see it, and I could be very wrong about this, Havayet Ka Havayet Soreilamim doesn't mean Yudke which is a part of Shema Havayet. It means Yudke which is even higher than the Yudke of the Yudke Vovke, because the way it's going to play out in the Maimon is the Vovke is going to be Midis. The Yudke of Havaya is going to be Moichin, and the Ka by itself is going to be Atika Kadisha. So Kibaka, which is higher than Havaya, Yudke and Bavke, Tzorei is the reason I should have so much trust. The Pirusha, the meaning is, shall I be talking about the Shem, person says, the Kaddish Baruch HaTzorach Li, is a Deyad, till beyond, beyond, till an end of an end. Hanu Ad Bechinus Madriges Ad, until you reach a level and a step which is called Ad. Vitam Adover, who, why? Kibaka Havaya, Tzorei that there is an Eibishter, which is called Ka, that's higher than Avayat Tzoreilamim, not only is he higher than Vavkeit Tzoreilamim, he's even higher than Yudkeit Tzoreilamim. So the Yudke of Ka is deeper than the Yudke of Avayat Tzoreilamim. And the implication, the indication, the innuendo of this idea is, Shabbat Midas Abetach, Yesh Kabba Madregis, is a number of levels in trust. Ach! 
However, when a person is in touch with Ka, which is higher than it becomes possible and therefore obligated for creation to have so much trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And like I said to you before, there's two parallel and interconnected characteristics. One is the sophistication of the trust, and the other is the courage of the trust. The more sophisticated the trust, the greater the courage needed to trust. And Bitchub Hashem Adayad, the person is able to achieve Bitochen to the level of Adayad because trust goes till Kibakav Ayatzerelam. And the Rebbe continues at number 16. The very bottom of Shen Chafala for B, you know, in the Pshat is as follows. And again, if you look in footnote 8, you'll see the bottom of the Tzemach Sarek in the middle of Rebbe, which I looked up. And then there's also a Pelach Harimin, which I didn't have a chance to look up. And then there's Hanocha from the Maimud where the Tzemach Sarek said it, which I would love to see if and when it's ever published. It may have actually been printed already. He who why does a person trust Hakadosh Baruch Who Avad Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Because Hashem loves us. That's a reason. My mother nurses me. I trust her. Hashem loves me. I trust Him. Now it's a lot more difficult to trust Hashem because He loves me than to trust my mother because she nurses me. First of all, mother's physical. Second of all, she's providing me literally with nutriment, with nutrients, with life. Hashem loves me. I don't even see Him. I don't know how His love feels. And what's He giving me? It's very difficult to identify. So the trust is more sophisticated. Nevertheless, because Hashem is, loves me, I, I'm intelligent enough to appreciate that I should trust Him. Because He loves me. As the Apostle says that God says, I love you to the Jewish people, so says God. And we know the Abish is not a liar, so we trust Him. So because of this, turn to page that even though he's in a difficult situation, she hates him and her mates, I'll take him out of his oppressiveness. To bring him to a, a true a place of true breath and comfort. And provide him with all of his needs. So, there's the sophistication of the trust and there's the courage of the trust. What's the sophistication? That I have to understand and perceive and believe and acknowledge that Hashem loves me. And because of that love, I trust. So the Rebbe says, but that's still limited. Trusting Hashem because Hashem loves me qualifies my trust by His love. And even God's love is also finite. True, that there is a concept of Hashem's kindness, which is His love and compassion on high, which leads me to trust Him. I'm trust. Full. I have trust in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Yeh 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 The attribute of Hashem's kindness or love does not constitute, so to speak, His whole heart. It constitutes one of the emotions in the heart, which is love and the desire to be close. The opposite of which, of course, which is fear and exactitude, the desire of not being, the, the emotion of not being far. So when Hashem loves us, there's many other things besides for love. And therefore, it's possible that Gavura should object. Hashem wants to love me. The Gavura says he doesn't deserve it. So although his love for me leads me to trust him, but the fact that the love can be challenged leads me to be precarious, to be unsure, to be inexact in my trust. Because, so to speak, things can go wrong. The person is not absolutely certain. That even though Hashem loves me and He's kind to me, it's going to come all the way down to physical things because there's a midik vudos. So although I trust Hashem because He loves me, which is very wonderful. And by the way, in another Maimed, in another Sikh, Hashem goes on Yechidish Mamish. But over here it means Midisavatzilis, which is another Tzadachi in Gadol. But because Hashem's love can be offset by Hashem's exactitude, even when He loves me, the trust is limited. But that's only the first level of trust. And on the one hand, He loves me, so I trust Him. On the other hand, the love can be challenged, therefore my trust is also challenged. On the emotional level, on high alone. Therefore, the trust is limited. On the other hand, a person can have more trust. 
What is the more trust? In the person trusts in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not based on how he feels about Hashem, but he understands about Hashem. Meaning to say, not based on the fact that Hashem loves me, based on the fact that the Abish's relationship with the world is a reasonable relationship. It's a logical and reasonable relationship. And if the Abish is reasonable, he's going to love everything and everybody. Says the Rebbe, Ozai, so there, since Hashem, I understand. For me, it's more sophisticated and more courageous. But for him, it's a higher level. When I'm looking at Hashem, how Hashem's involvement in the world is based on reason, his mind, so to speak, is so big that he has Rahmanas in everything and everybody. And therefore, my trust is greater. If I trust Hashem based on the fact that he loves me, so then it can be limited. However, when this love is I trust him based on his love. But the love is inspired by his intelligence. Especially love of the godless, which is an extraordinarily high level. And we're going to leave it alone. So now I have even a greater certitude. Greater certainty that Tum Shachash Hashem is going to give me what I'm asking for. Against the intellect, there's no opposition. The, the heart of love can be countered by the heart of exactitude. But the mind of love cannot be counteracted by the mind of exactitude because the mind is objective and sees things for what they really are. And also the brain, because it's bigger and more sophisticated. And to say it in different words, human beings who are more intelligent, are larger and more sophisticated, they are more compassionate by nature. They're more generous by nature. And he explains that let's talk about people. A relationship based on love versus a relationship based on principle. When I love another person, another person loves you back because we share something emotionally. Let's say if that person is going to stop, give me what I ask for. If he does the opposite of my will, so obviously each time either he or I violate the, the love pact, the intensity of the love is diminished. It can bring to hatred. Forget someone that you loved and they disappointed you, you hate. But if my relationship with the other person is because he loves me and I love him, but the love is not based purely on heart, it's based on on my intelligence, my ability to step back and look at things from big picture. Even the other person is going to disappoint me. Although emotionally, I would hate him. I wouldn't love him. Because the human mind is able to see things objectively and from a distance, I can look at that person and, if you will, pity him and love him even though he's disappointed me. Since it says in the Mishnah is brought in Tanya, do not touch your friend until you reach his place. And of course, Dalton Rebbe then adds the famous word Vavesh, followed up with Nekola, the Nekola, or the Mamish. You're not in anybody's place, so you can be humbled even though you give the biggest Roshah. And he considers, he applies himself, and the Rebbe says, and he immerses himself. And he judges them favorably. So a person who is more intelligent has more tolerance, has more fortitude, has more ability to forgive and to remain, retain a relationship which is a little bit disappointing also. When a person immerses himself and contemplates, in the condition of his friend who is disappointed him, but with is filled with compassion. For this reason, the love is even stronger. So when the betachen, and you trust another person because they love you, it's beautiful, but it can go away. If you trust another person because he's used his mind to objectively recognize your place and your worth, and he loves you from that angle, the trust is greater. And the Rebbe concludes on Pechin Chavbe's second paragraph, Six lines, seven lines, end of the paragraph by the number nineteen. The same is true on high. Hashem loves us on the emotional level alone. So we have to be vessels. We have to earn it. We have to love him. So he should love us. It's a vessel for the love on high. And we lack this love down here. And certainly, if not only there's a lack of love, but there's the opposite of love, says the Rebbe, what we're trusting in because of his love for us is going to disappoint us. 
if we don't behave in a way that earns his love, that makes us deserve his love, what we're trusting is going to disappoint. We trust him that he's going to give us what we want. So the trust is sophisticated. I'm sorry, the, the ability to trust is, the, the basis of the trust is sophisticated, and the reality of the trust is more courage. But there's a limit. I have to earn it and deserve it. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to happen. When I trust, because I'm tuning into the idea that Hashem understands. And of course, Hashem is the ultimate big brain. A bigger brain has a more objective view of things and therefore a gentler and a kinder perspective on things. Even though down here we lack in our love for Him, He'll nevertheless love us and give us what we ask. If I trust because I believe that Hashem loves me by itself, that's not so strong. But if I believe that Hashem loves me on the intellectual level, the trust is even greater. So keep in mind the two pieces, the two parts of the puzzle. Number one, the trust is more and more sophisticated as it's less intimate physically with me. Number two, it's more courageous. Trusting Hashem because He loves me is easier, less sophisticated and closer to me, but more precarious. Trusting Hashem because Hashem has an intellectual sense of the world and therefore an objective view and a more gentle and compassionate perspective is much more sophisticated and the trust is much more courageous. But you know what else? It's almost it's much more secure. It's much more likely to be seen through because it's less conditional on us. But the is not done. There's a third level. The third level. Any prefaces. Number 21. Bottom of page. Shin Chav Beis. Even if a person trusts HaKadosh Baruch Hu because he perceives Hashem's strong knowledge which makes him look at the whole creation gently says the Rebbe even when I'm able to see that Hashem that I can trust Hashem that Hashem loves me on an intellectual level it's not perfect and whole to be sure even if a person trusts Hashem because I believe that Hashem looks at the world with an objective, a little bit remote view, and therefore He's more kind. It's not 100% sure that we're going to get what we want. For example, a person, even if a human being. So He goes back to the muscle of a person. In His relationship with His fellow, is going to fulfill, is going to carry out the instruction of the Mishnah. Do not just your fault, you reach His place, and therefore your mind is going to give you a bigger picture, a more distant look, and allow you to be gentle and compassionate to this person. And what happens in a case when you don't want to judge him, yeah? What if you can't find anything good about him? Nothing. You don't want to judge him because he has some merit. He doesn't have enough merits. And you don't know what he's, what's going through with him. You're not the Yeshav Kranes. And you don't have a Tadabeda. And all these other things. But if the guy has zero good, what's there to like? Zero, nothing. So then, even from the brain, the hashpa will not come. In other words, even if a person's trust is more sophisticated, because it's not based on Hashem's love for us, but rather it's based on Hashem's more objective, remote perspective of us. But Klaalit says in Chassidus, the mind is kinder than the heart, because the bigger, the more sophisticated a person is. You know, I give these weekly. Hasidic uh, glass three words. So the second word we did was av, and I explained what says in Hasidus. A father, it says in Hasidus, has more compassion because his relationship with his children is more distant. It's the same idea. Moichen is more distant, so it tends to be more compassionate. But even that has a limit. Even though it's more likely that I'm going to get what I want, but there is a possibility that I won't if the moichen observation of me finds no merit in me the person is not absolutely certain that does get what he wants and therefore his trust is deficient right they go back to that old statement trust me it's not so easy to trust and that's why the Rebbe adds a third madrege trust because Hashem loves me is one level trust because Hashem objectively and intellectually observes me is a second level and then trust me on a level which is absolute the idea that I could trust Hashem and it's not 100% sure and if my trust is deficient when I trust the Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's on the intellectual level the emotional level 
My trust is not complete because his trust, his certitude of deliverance is incomplete. Certainly on the emotional level, certainly possible that on the emotional level Hashem should decide to judge me severely rather than compassionately. Even on the intellectual level, which are considered compassionate when compared to the emotions themselves, and even the brain cannot find merit in another person. So since the, the trust is an absolute, because Hashem loves me, but, and Hashem understands and looks at me objectively, but, there's still room that He shouldn't give what I'm asking. So my trust... My courage is accordingly limited. But there's a third possibility. Omnam, however, number 22 now, page Shinchav, Gimel, first paragraph, four lines in the end. There's a level of trust when I'm interfacing with Hashem, not because He loves me, not because He looks at me objectively, but because of the level of His essence. is above the level of intellect, above the level of emotion. On what level? On the level where God is the truth. New on the level where God is the truth, what kind of relationship he has with us? He's the truth, and his relationship with us is also true. And truth is good. Truth is not a logical good. Truth is not an arguable good. It's an absolute good. If I wanted to use philosophy, I would say, what's the difference between being nice or not nice? The difference between nice, obviously nice is good and not nice is bad, but there's another difference. Not nice is hard. Nice is hard, not nice is easy. It's easy to be selfish. It's very difficult to be generous. It's easy to be lazy. It's very difficult to be energized and motivated. It's easy to sit on the couch. It's more difficult to run a marathon. It's just the way it is. And it all told, it's easier to be lazy and heavy and evil than to be driven and motivated and good. And this goes to the very core of a person, not just his heart and his mind, but to his very essence. So goodness and godness are the same. And if I can trust Hashem, not because He loves me, because He looks at me intellectually, but I trust Hashem, if I'm able to tap into the truth of God, not the kindness, not the intellect, but the idea that God is an absolute goodness, God is everything which is good. In other words, everything which is hard and requires energy that is meaningful. That's Him. So His relationship with all things is absolutely good. He created everything. He certainly created a Jew. And He didn't create it to be mean to them. He didn't create it to destroy them. He created them because He's investing all of Him, all of His goodness, all of His absolute goodness into them. This is a, a different kind of trust. Because we're not trusting Him because of our deservedness. We're not trusting him because if he looks at us objectively, we're trusting him because of his inherent, his innate goodness. That's an infinite goodness. So it's a very, very sophisticated trust. It's an incredibly courageous trust. And I would argue that this third level is more or less the level of trach good v'zayin good that we learn about in Hasidus. And this highest trust It's foolproof. If I'm able to be that sophisticated, to understand Him on this level, and to be that courageous as to trust Him on this level, it creates a secure return. By me trusting Him, it's like anybody else. You say, someone says, you trust me, and when you trust them, they give you what, they, what they're asking you to trust them about. When you trust Hashem on this level, since the trust is absolute, the courage is absolute, the hashpa is absolute. And that's what the Rebbe now says. Om them, however, I'm not trusting Hashem because He loves me and not trusting Hashem because how He looks at me intellectually. I'm trusting Hashem because of what He is absolutely. Then the trust is absolute. means it's maximally sophisticated and it's, mo it's the most courageous and it creates the biggest vessel for the Abish to give him what he wants. Like the principle when there's no keli in Teva and trach gut ved zayn gut it's the purity of the trust and it's the absoluteness of the courage that creates the medium for the miracle to happen. They want trust with the certitude to they're going to get what they're asking for. Which leads us to understand the true idea of trust. 
midas to the third level of trust is not trust based on that he loves me it's not based on the fact that he understands me objectively but based on the fact that he's inherently truth truth is the highest form of good or he's inherently good and good is the highest form of truth truth equals good good equals truth but this is absolute it's infinite and therefore he'll be good to me no matter what I am that's the third trust and of course the Rebbe is going to parallel these three trusts with Amida, Hiluch, Dilug, standing, walking, jumping. Emotional trust is standing, he loves me, and I earn it, so I trust him. He looks at me with an objectivity, with an intelligence, and I maybe not earn it as much, but I earn it somewhat, and I therefore trust him. And I leap to relate to him as he is true. That make, which means that where I am and who I am doesn't matter at all it's who he is that matters and I'm able to have the courage to trust on that level and that makes a clea, which has a vessel which has no bounds next paragraph that's the pshat and the pause and the way I see it is there's three levels there's trust Hashem till a point trust Hashem till a point beyond the point and then in Adei Ad itself, there's two levels, as you'll see it inside. Ad ve'ad ve'chlal ve'ad ve'le'ad ve'chlal. It's going to add up to three levels. Ad means till an end. Adei Ad means beyond an end. But Adei Ad itself can have two degrees of beyond an end. Shesh bezegil v'pirush, there's three definitions of Bitchwa d'Shem ad-Yad, Pirush, Shav, Shabitachan, U'bezor. If you trust Hashem on the level of the Midas of Atheos, which is called Kutcha B'richwa, as it says in the Zayar, which is the basis of the Maimur, it's a Machsarek in the middle, it's a Machsarek in the middle, it's a Machsarek in the middle, it's a you're trusting Hashem as a father and a mother, the level of Moich. And which is Ratzon and Tainuk, will and delight, which is beyond everything. And in footnote 12, they write, Tainuk is even higher, so the trust is even more absolute, so the likelihood of Hashem giving us what we're trusting Him about is even more perfect. That when a person is sophisticated enough to relate to Hashem, not at the level he loves me or he understands me, but where he's true and he's my creator and his investment in me is total. And therefore my trust to him is total. I'm that sophisticated and that courageous that I'm able to trust to such an extent. So then the trust is absolute. And God will trust with absolute trust. That from the other will certainly come. The physical example of this would be I have him two lovers on his boy, in the case that swear and make a covenant with one another. And the definition is that they love each other for a logical reason. They love each other because of their common interest. And then they transcend it by making the covenant. The meaning of the covenant is that we're making a pact that even if the the condition which brought us together is not going to define the relationship it's going to exceed it there'll be a circumstance that the love will no longer make sense for all kinds of reasons not in the feeling of the heart even if the mind doesn't understand that there's still a good reason for these two people to have a favorable affection for one another they establish a covenant they, they bind their love for each other to the level which is not limited to how they feel, not limited to what they understand, but it's limited to their truth. And the truth is that every human being is absolute, and every human being's relationship with every other human being is also absolute, and as such it's unbreakable. The same is true by Hashem, by God Almighty. No matter what the world's condition is, no matter what our condition is, how good or bad we are, if we manage to be this sophisticated in our trust, and that courageous in our trust, that we're trusting Him, not on a level that He loves us, so because He understands us, but a level where He's true, says that the love is going to be not a reasonable love, an earned love, but an absolute love, and that can never be weakened. And He brings the same passage again, I love you, says God. Right, but on the bottom of page, which is limited to Seichel. Now it means Amida Atzmes. When one trusts in Akadish Baruch because he loves us on this Madrega, the trust is absolute. And that's the third Madrega Betach. And the Rebbe ties these three Betachans.
When I trust in Hashem because Hashem loves me, I'm called an Oymid. My relationship with Hashem is stationary and constant. I'm good and He loves me. When my trust in Hashem is based on the fact that Hashem relates to me from an intellectual, it's much more sophisticated, quite a bit more courageous, because I'm seeing Him from a greater distance and a greater objectivity. That's like being a Mahalach. I'm, I'm going beyond myself to be more sophisticated in my understanding of His relationship with me and to trust on a higher level. And then there's the leap, like the Baal which has nothing to do with anything. I just identify God as a truth, and I trust Him absolutely, just as His truth is absolute. Now these three levels are connected to three readings of the words, So the first level, trust, because Hashem loves me, I trust Hashem to a limited point, to the degree that He loves me, based on how much I earn that love. The second and the third is Adeyad. I'm going to page Shin Chof Tes. We're reading Sif Tes and then we're going to call it a class. Over there, Yuvin Mashakaz, the Bitpa Deshama, the Advocate, this explains the posse of the trust Hashem Adeyad. So the first level of Betachin is Bitpa Deshem Ad. I trust Hashem in a limited way because He loves me based on my earning that love. But then there is the higher, the second level, Bitpa Deshama, the Ad. I trust Hashem because I'm able to relate Him with greater sophistication on the intellectual level that He looks at me more objectively and more compassionately. And therefore the trust is more courageous and more likely to bear positive fruit. And that's why it's called Adeyad, beyond the limit. The trust has to be until the point of until. In other words, beyond the point of a limit. The word Ad connotes a limit. That something goes to a certain point. Beyond that point, this is no longer true. So, you can trust Hashem till a point. You trust Hashem until the end of points. Till the end of ends, if you will. There's a lower level of Adayad, of end of ends, there's a higher level of end of ends. The lower level, I love Hashem till the end of ends, but only till the end of ends and not beyond that. I trust Hashem till the end of ends, and I go beyond even that end. Now I want you to know that another Maimorim, for example, the third Maimorim in Samach Vov, where he speaks about Adayad. The third of the lower level. Ad is the higher level. Here it's the other way around. There's Ad, then there's Ad Ad Bechlal, and then the highest level is Ad V'Ad Bechlal. I'm going until an end where I'm not even limited to the end of ends. I'm going even beyond that. So Bitro Hashem Ad, I trust Hashem in a limited way, is connected to Hashem loves me. Bitro Hashem Ad in the first level, I trust Hashem until the end of all ends, but no more than that. That's the objective view of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the intellectual perspective that Hashem has, which makes him love me with a greater generosity. And then this bit where the Shem Adiyad, I go beyond the end of all ends, and I trust him because yeah, he's absolutely true. That trust has no, that trust is most sophisticated, and my courage is maximum, and the likelihood of giving what I ask is the greatest. Trust Hashem till the end of ends, but only till the end of ends, that's the level of Seviv Kalam. Even though it's till the end of all ends, it shows on the fact that save of kalalman is beyond limits, meaning beyond limit of malakalalman. Still, it's still the end of ends and no more. Because even what's indirectly connected to the world isn't directly connected to the world. Then there's the end of ends, and even what's beyond that, goes as it is by itself. Atmos means Hashem is by himself. There's nothing to do with the world. Altogether removed from worlds. And that's the highest level of Bitwa de Shamadiyad. That not only I trust Hashem because he loves me, which is Bitcha de Shamad. Not only I love Hashem because he looks at me from a more distant, objective perspective, which is Bitcha de Shamadiyad Vadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadvadv
there's the sophistication that I need to relate to him on this level. And there's the courage that I need to trust him. Ad, ad, which is ad ad And the Rebbe says, This is trust on the level of atmos. Now why should I trust him so much? He's absolutely good and true. And there's no opposition. There's no klipa. He's going to give me what by asking him. And then, the trust is absolutely perfect and whole and perfect and peaceful, which is like the Indian of the Indian of So, this is the middle ring of the Maimir. The middle ring of the Maimir is about trust. Three levels. And sometime tomorrow afternoon, we're going to do it the beginning and the end. Thank you.